covering the latest in Toronto sports news, rumors, and predictions. This is the TSV Podcast. Here's your host, Connor Chambers. All right, welcome back to the TSV Podcast Season 2, Episode 3. As always, I'm your host, Connor Chambers. You can check us out on Twitter at TO underscore sportsviews. You can also check out the website, torontosportsviews.com. I am pleased to be joined today by Ryan Grossman of lacesports.ca. Ryan, my man, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm, I think, I guess, I don't know like you, but I'm just, after a win, everything is better. Just oh, mood. Good. Yeah. yeah. Food. The mood is increased, 100. Yeah. percent Mood, food, you got yeah. everything, everything going on. Um, Wake speaking up more of, fresh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of when, I was just about to say, how did like like you get you get up in the morning, you feel yeah. a little fresh, you feel good to go. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Beautiful. And after a loss, complete opposite. Oh, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, you never want to get up after a loss, and then especially yeah. you, you know you check Twitter, everyone's kind of chirping, and you know you got some Raptors fans even that that make some. Uh, some pretty bold statements on Twitter and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. They like live and die by every game. It's like the end of the world after one game, it's like, uh, season's over. Not going to get out of the first round. I'm like, God, it's just one game. (laughs) It's not, it's not as bad as Leafs fans though. Uh, (laughs) Leafs fans are the worst. I don't know that world. So no, you're, you're lucky that you don't because you can take Raptors fans complaining and and multiply it by about 10. Really? Yeah. Leafs fans are very like, the Leafs could win five straight games and then they lose a like a game like so okay so for example last night uh they had a late night game as well they were in San Jose and San Jose is not a very good team this year and uh they they lost 5-2 and Toronto been playing pretty well over the last few games up until that point and then they lost and people started freaking out <laughs> and they're like they're like like blow this team out this team sucks like why are we even trying to compete? All this, and it's just, it's so toxic. And when they get a win, they'll say that we're going to the Stanley cup. And when we lose, it's like, we're bound yeah. for the lottery. And I just, there's no in between. And I think it's just because that fan base hasn't experienced a championship in over 50 years. Right. Whereas we, I, I think, I think we as a fan base now are a little bit more calm and you might, you might agree with that or disagree, but I just think uh, that word, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you get, you got a ring and you're like, I'm chilling for the next I, yeah. day, right? I, I've been a day one fan. So I've seen, I've seen everything. And for what happened last year, I just, I, like, I never imagined that it would ever happen. And, and that, well, and, that, and that's, that's why we watch the games, right? Like that's yeah. why we're, we're so entertained by, by everything. And, you know, we get, we get losses like this, like the three game losing streak, which we'll kind of get into in a bit, but, um, you take some losses and it's just kind of like, well, you know, we I, like I believe in this team. There's no reason to overreact. Whereas maybe even last year or the year before, you kind of go, oh my god, no, like we like panic button, panic button because I don't know what's going on, and um, it's just a completely different mindset now, which is nice and relaxing and refreshing, I think, compared to most other times that I interact on social media. So I'll yes, take you're, it. you're getting it from two fan bases, man. Oh my God. That's, well, that's a lot to take. <laughs> I get it. I get it from three. Cause I follow the blue Jays, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but you, you know what? The blue Jays fans okay. are a little bit more understanding. I think, um, their yeah. patients are, are just as thin though. Blue Jays yeah. fans. That's yeah, true. everything. Now everything has to be now. <laughs> that's, 
that's no no you're right and and you know with the whole shapiro and atkins thing and people want everything now and it's like well baseball takes longer i think than than most other sports to really develop that that champion and i think that um once people before the the taintedness of the astros and stuff like that they, they saw how things were being done on that end in terms of building and now it's it's like okay well if we can do that minus the cheating like will you accept this and uh, I think they have but again in in Raptors land which is where we're focused right now yeah. in Raptors land it's it's smooth sailing we're the defending NBA champions and nothing really could go wrong I mean look I'll I'll get I'll get right into it like the Raps they they lost three straight as I was saying before but last night they got the win we're recording this the day after the Suns game by the way so if you're last night and you're listening to this a day or two later and you're like what are these guys talking about no, we're not like a, like time travelers. It's just how we're recording it. So, uh, Raptors and Suns game. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Traveler. I'm a time traveler. Please. Oh, you are. So yeah. Can, can you like off the air? You want to give me the secret or like <laughs> let let me in on the uh, Luminati uh, uh, experience or what? I was sworn to secrecy, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Shit. We'll see. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we'll have we'll have to uh, maybe I might be able to coerce you with some uh, some some extra funds or something. I might right. just be Venmo or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, um, we'll we'll pretend like that didn't exist because the Illuminati is totally not real. They're not real at all. No, of course <laughs> uh, not. <laughs> um, getting back to it. Anyways, Raptors and Suns, one twenty three, one fourteen victory for the good guys against the Suns. Um, what was really interesting about that game was there was heavy minutes for six dudes. Uh, you got uh, OG Ananobi, pa- Pat McCaw, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, and Chris Boucher. Um, the first five mentioned all played over 34 minutes with Boucher playing 29 and a few other dudes with less than 10 minutes. Uh, Siakam had a great game. Powell, Powell's been great since coming back from injury. Lowry's just steady as always, but yeah. um, I want to let you kind of... Uh, voice any of your takeaways you had from the game and just um kind of get an idea or a little bit of an overview of what you thought about it and especially sort of the uh momentum leading into it leading into the game obviously with the three losses in a row and maybe more magnitude to this game or more importance so i'll just kind of get your take on it and see what you had thought about it po- uh, pre-game post-game or however you want to sort of phrase it well before we get into that there's it was just want to mention like the amount of Raptor fans they were there, the crazy amount of, yeah. I guess, this is kind of Florida West, so can you get all the, the Canadians going down there from, from the West Coast? Yeah. And actually, my parents are there, even though we're East Coast, but uh, my oh, parents cool. are there right now. Yeah, they, they were actually at the game last night. Well, they must have, they were one of many because they were loud and proud, so yeah. um, that's always, and, uh, hey, look, you love to see them travel, right? Yeah, and it was, it's incredible just to how far this, you know, the fan base team has come. Like, I, I went... I think it was about like 11 or 12. I actually saw a Raptors game in, in Phoenix. And uh, like I could count, I could see the amount of people, the amount of Raptor fans there. Like I can count them. There were three of them. <laughs> it, was my, it was my dad, it was my brother, and it was me. That was, oh, okay. That, well, there you go. That was it. That's there were three easy. of them. Like, yeah. yeah. And like the, it was way back in the day. I think Stoudemire may have still been a team. I remember Clifford Rozier, rest in peace. He had a, yeah. he had a game. I remember him kind of, standing out but uh yeah it's, it's good to see um but yeah overall um again we, we shouldn't live and die about every game um we can talk about the the three previous games i guess afterwards but like mm-hmm. this game was it was good to see like a bounce back from siakam which we can also talk about yeah. um 
he got off to another bad start. It was like, oh, this is going to be the same thing again, where he's kind of just you know disappearing, just taking threes. Kind of his decision making wasn't there. But then all of a sudden, he kind of started kind of mixing up his game a little bit, where he was taking like he was actually driving instead of just taking threes. Um, like he was he was attacking like no one on that team could stop him. It was like Aiden and um, Sarge, whoever was on him. He was he was yeah. just kind of he was just taking them to the to the rim and. Um, and he's yeah, he's always at his best when he's mixing it up, not just settling for his jump shots. Yeah. Well, and and, and that's in your your spot on, especially and we'll we'll get more into Siakam um, in a bit, but uh, and it was it was nice to see you know he had embraced the the five role. Obviously, he's normally not playing right, there when right. when Gasol or Serge are in the lineup, but out of necessity, he's there. And I and I thought that he had done a really good job, especially on both ends of the floor, you know, DeAndre Ayton didn't have a great game. Uh, you thought it might be one where he could sort of feast and try to pull maybe like a Nikola Jokic or something like that and, and just abuse the size. But um, I think that's more of like a team effort as well too. Yeah. like give credit well, to Kyle Lowry. Right. Like you, you see that. And OG was on, OG was on him a lot, I think. Yes. On, OG. On Aiden, OG yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. And, and OG was playing the four mostly for the game, right. Just in, yeah. in terms of size, but um, you can put you can put OG on almost anybody in the league, and yeah, um, he's that, that guy, thing. right? That's another takeaway. It's just like his versatility as a defender. Like he was he was on Aiden for a while, then he was on Booker. Like it's mm-hmm. like two completely ends of the spectrum. It's and like and then like he's also adding like this inside game, outside game. Like he just seems just the last two games at least a lot more confident. Yeah. And I, again, we're, we're, we're touching on all these points that we'll come back around to in, mm-hmm. in a bit more detail, especially yeah. with OG. Um, but I've, I, I've been, uh, I've been on the South of the Six podcast. I've had Adam on my podcast, who's the host South of the Six. And um, we, <laughs> we've, uh, we've talked about OG and how his start of the year was a bit of, of a disappointment. But we did say that we really liked um his potential and his ceiling we just didn't know how exactly he was going to get there and and all that and and we said look if you're going to get a really good piece back at the trade deadline you might want to consider trading OG wasn't wasn't like we wanted him traded or that we wanted him gone it's just like if you if if you get like a Carl Anthony Towns or something of that caliber maybe you look to flip OG but G has been fantastic since the all-star break. And again, I'm, I don't want to lead too much into it. Cause we'll get into that later. Um, but uh, I, was, I, I wasn't on that train. I wasn't on that trade OG train. No, no, uh, that's, yeah. and, and you know, I, I, I don't think we were necessarily on that train either, like not actively, but um, considering I think it. that, yeah. Considering uh, buying a ticket to get on. Yeah. You know what? We were kind of sitting there and we were like the price, like if the price is right, <laughs> Maybe, maybe yeah. we buy a ticket, you know, like if, if the return was palatable enough to ship away a guy like OG, who's still young and had a lot of promise, um, we right. would consider we, we weren't saying that OG was untouchable at that point. And I think that's all we were really trying to say. Um, but, you know, I trust in as most of this 99 percent of this fan base does trust in Masai, trust yeah. in Bobby Webster front office to get it done. But yeah. um, talking about pieces and talking about uh you know, social media and the type of reaction that fans would get in uh, leading from the OG conversation to this. 
uh, it's been your boy, Pascal Siakam, obviously mine too. Um, but he'd been taking a lot of heat lately uh, from fans on social media, kind of alluding to that three game losing streak and how Siakam hadn't really shown up to those big games or he had been put under a lot of pressure and to maybe fault of his or not. It's still at the end of the day, he just didn't really produce the way that we expected him to. Um, but now that we've seen that victory and, and after his great game that he had, um, I kind of want to get your takeaway on what your stance is sort of on that issue of Siakam or the, the issue with Siakam in that so very vocal fan base on social media. And do you think that he has what it takes to be, a number one option on a championship team in this league. Well, this is, this is kind of proves the point of our, or what we were talking earlier about kind of how, how fans kind of live and die by each game. And yep. same thing with every, every performance by Siakam. If he's down, it's like, Oh, he's not going to be the guy. We can't trust him. And then like, we has a game like this. It's like, Oh yeah, I can see it. We're going to go far in the playoffs. <laughs> he's, he's the man. Yeah. You know, we really got something here. So for me, it's like, again, patience, <laughs> like fans just need to lay off. Like, I don't want to sound like an apologist here. I'm like, I'm very realistic mm-hmm. Raptors fans. Like I don't kind of like, yeah, I always kind of look, I don't look through like rose colored glasses or anything. I always have a very realistic view of this team. Uh, and like, yeah, he like, I don't know. I'm not sure what people expect him to like be like, that they want him to be Leonard. Like there's, there's yeah. like only, there's only three of those in the, in the league Leonard, LeBron James and Durant, I'd say those are the three like players that are like dominant on both ends of the floor who can take. I would put I would put Giannis in that conversation too, but I agree. I I would have until the the Raptors just shut him down in the playoffs. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair. fair. Yeah, until he proves like he he can you know figure a way around that. The only unstoppable players and like two way play the best two way players in the league, James Durant and Leonard. So Siakam's not one of them. Of course not. Like who is? So, like that's a that's a pre- that's a pretty that's a pretty tough tier to crack into it. Yeah, right? and like what he's done to this point in his career is just like a miracle. Like people still like like I still can't wrap my head around this. Like he's become like from whatever he started. Everyone knows the story. He started playing when he was like 16, and then yeah. like drafted 27th. You know, deep bench guy who's just kind of an energy guy off the bench role player and then like third or second fiddle to a championship team. And then now he's, he's supposed to be just suddenly like overnight become the guy. Mm. Like, no, that's not how it works. And <laughs> like, you just need to, to kind of lay off and, you know, he, it's a, again, it's a, it's a development to like anything you get from him. Um, I think is from day to day is, is a bonus. Like he, yeah. He's going to have, we've already seen it, he's going to have off games, he's going to have, you know, good games like he did last night, but, like, he's still learning, like, you just have to just be patient. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that, and, um, look, I, I, you're you're exactly right when you say fans still, even with this championship, they still take every game quite, like, like in, in an isolation, right, where, where they're not even looking at the big picture, whereas you broke it down. He said, look, this guy started playing when he was 16. The, the draft, the whole story build up to where he is now. Um, I don't think that there's ever really been a type of player in the same situation as a Pascal Siakam, right? It's unprecedented. Like, this short amount of time to do what he's 
how far he's come. Yeah. And all the adjustments he's been making, like, rapidly over over offseason. And he just, like, like last year, like, he's only, like, before he only had, like, kind of the, the running game and the uh, mm-hmm. kind of the spin move. And, mm-hmm. you know, people have tape on it. So, the, you know, teams have caught on to that. So he, he really doesn't do the spin move anymore because everyone's everyone's ready for it. So now he's adjusted. He's, he's worked on his three-point shot. So it's not – he's doing above the break as opposed to just corners now. And he's, he's worked on his handle. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he occasionally pulls out a one-legged dirt jumper out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So he's it's, kind of, yeah, he's finding all these ways to, to improve his game, like to counter to people kind of defending against them. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and look, I, I think that with this meteoric rise, it sets almost an unrealistic expectation of where he should be today. Like Especially the, the can, way he started the season, yeah. Exactly, right? Like, he, he had that hot start to the year. Everyone was like, he's going to win MIP again. He's yeah. going to be... Or um, MVP, actually. Yeah, he's going to win <laughs> MIP again. He's going to win MVP. He's going to be all defense. He's going to be all-star starter. And it's like, okay, well, we'll hold yeah. on. Like, would we love that? Absolutely. But you have to understand, the amount of time spent playing basketball for Pascal Siakam almost equates to somebody going into the NCAA, right? Like, the fact of the matter is Pascal Siakam has played basketball for, what, seven, eight years max? Yeah. And um, that's that, that, that's nothing to discredit Siakam. I, if anything, I'm, I'm putting him up on this pedestal to say his ceiling, I don't think, can be measured because I don't know if we've ever seen somebody with this amount of or lack of amount of basketball experience be this good so fast um he can get there but i think that fans are riding this exponential wave of growth from pascal siakam and they're expecting like at some point it's going to level off to normal growth and you can't just assume okay pascal's going to become Kawhi-esque like what you had said Right. It's he's going to have growing pains as the number one option on this team. There's going to be more focus on him. Uh, like you said, the spin move while still deadly is just, he can't abuse that all the time now because people have picked up on it. So the ability to stretch out the floor and stretch out his game has made it better. And I think now he's almost gone too far into being a perimeter guy. Yeah. And I'd like to see him drive more again. And I think that, he will learn as time goes on when to when to pull up and shoot and when to drive. But this is all part of a, of a, of a growing process. And I think that fans need to understand that and be, I think that he has definitely the potential to be a number one option uh, on a championship team. Uh, of course, barring if like a Giannis came to this team, a Giannis is, is like a number one guy and he could be one B right. Speaking like, of speaking of Giannis, like what, what is this? This is Jack in what fourth year in the league. Yeah. Uh, I think yes. Yes. Where was Giannis like in his fourth year? Like he took a while to develop. Like he was just like kind of an energy guy. Like you could see there's something there, but he wasn't this guy right away. Right. Took time. And and look like Pascal. Obviously, you can almost you can almost project the same sort of uh, development curve as as what Giannis had, but not to this extent. Like like Giannis came into this league not being able to shoot only being known to drive, not having that 
that muscle or that build. And it was kind of the same thing as Pascal, this lanky dude, 27th overall pick, like no real expectations. Like we have to remember Jakob Pertl got drafted ninth that mm-hmm. year. So it was yeah. Jakob Pertl and Pascal Siakam in the same draft class. And there was more initial promise for Jakob Pertl. No one was really thinking about Pascal Siakam at that level, or at least to be like the contributor of what he is now. So um, I think that Raptors almost fans almost need to just, just sort of reset and think, look, like we have to be patient with him, but he's going to get there. Like mark, mark my words, he will get there consistently, but he's still very young and he still has limited playing experience in the game of basketball. Let's not forget that. And, and, and I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you, you mentioned it. Uh, the focus is on him now. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's at the top of like when they're, they're, they're coming up with a defensive scheme. The coach goes, Siakam, he's number one with a bullet on everyone's like defensive coverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's an all-star yeah. starter. Like that's yeah. what you do. Like if, if you're, if you're not, if you're coaching and you're not setting up schemes for Pascal Siakam as an opposing coach, you should be fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's, and he has to like learn to like his decision making. Like you said, like he's when to drive, when to shoot and like, yeah. how to, how to get out of like double teams. Yeah not always trying to force the shot be the guy and i actually think like when everyone's when everyone's healthy that's a big if if when if, if everyone gets healthy like yeah. the team is much better when he's not just like the guy who's always you know the go-to guy it's, the team's much better when they're everyone's contributing and the ball's moving and when, the, when the, the ball stops with him i think it's it kind of disrupts the offense more than than it helps it but i think they're making a point now I've heard on like podcasts and I think even nurses make comments about kind of force feeding Siakam to kind of get him to be this number one guy to see, kind of see what he can do, I guess, as a, as a, as a player. Well, and, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And that almost sort of segues into the next thing that I want to talk about. And that's the injuries of this team. And um, we can sort of take this Siakam topic and bring this into the injuries topic because um you're spot on when you say, look, like when this team is fully healthy, it's harder to put that much pressure on Pascal Siakam. Like, of course, he'll still have the most um, attention on the team. But when you don't have Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, Fred Van Vliet, uh, even when Norman Powell was hurt, like when you don't have those guys yeah. in the lineup, Kyle Lowry, when he was out in last night's game, when you don't have those guys on the floor, it's a lot easier for the defenders to focus on a guy like Pascal Siakam. Um, when this exactly. team is fully healthy, right? Like he's got yeah. this connection with Fred Van Vliet. And when he was on Serge Ibaka's uh, How Hungry Are You cooking show, like Serge said, who would you rather have, oh, yeah. Kyle Lowry <laughs> or Fred, right? Do, do you remember this? He said, who would yeah. you rather have him? You're going to have to drink the crickets or whatever. If you yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to eat this like like horse dick or something yeah. if, you, if, you don't, <laughs> if you don't tell me. And, and he was obviously had mad respect for for both but at the end of the day it's like fred's my guy like i like they they were g league together like they've played the most together they and understand each other yeah championship yeah yeah they won they won the g league championship together and, and look like that that bond that chemistry is very hard to replicate even with a guy like kyle lowry and, and kyle lowry makes pascal siakam a better player i'll, I'll never deny that but he makes um, everyone a better player <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. I, like he, he elevates his team to another level yeah. so I, i'll never i'll never take away from kyle lowry but yeah. i think that the absence of fred van vliet has hurt pascal siakam the most um and if fred was was in this lineup 
I think that Pascal, while he still may quote unquote struggle against those teams, even if you just replace Fred Van Vliet, you're still missing Gasol and Ibaka. Um, I don't think that he puts out the lack of production that he did in those three games. So we have to take everything with the perspective of, look, this team is still not fully healthy and it's hard to be the guy when options uh, three, five and six are hurt right or options three four and five or two two four and five however you want to rank them yeah they're hurt so like, it's, yeah, it's hard to pin that yeah. right yes like you said like siakam siakam is the focus when everyone's healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still the right. focus when, when they're fully healthy right so now you're missing three or four guys it's just it just like comp- compounds the kind of the focus the tension on him so like, well, it's really it's exactly. really hard to kind of judge when everyone's you know when everyone's out Mm-hmm. I can like spot on because there's no because there's no other way to really judge his judge Siakam at this point because this team is not fully healthy. Obviously, this is not news to anybody that's Raptors fans. The, the the ambulance has made a ton of miles on it this year because the the trips to the to the IR to the shelf to to this and that have been astronomical for this team. When you take that all into consideration, uh, Siakam's done a very, very good job um, yep. <laughs> when he's been healthy in terms of still trying to be that number one guy. And that's very tough on a team that's been crippled with injuries. So um, especially with the fact that we don't have we haven't had a center now for the last. That's yeah. And with Gasol being out for a while or has been out for a while and might return soon, we're still still unsure about that. And the timelines for Bach and Fred Van Vliet are unsure. Um, mainly focusing on the centers because that's it's hard when you have maybe Siakam running as your de facto five and Chris Boucher being asked to play center as I think he's more of a, a four. I think four, he's more yeah. of a power forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long do you think that they can tread water without having any centers in their lineup? Like, is this is this something that you think they can still maintain for the next few games? Or do you think that eventually or even evidenced in the Denver game, do you think that this will hurt them being that small ball lineup? Well, the, the thing is, yeah, we're missing both centers. Like earlier in the season, or even throughout the, the season, like when, whenever we've had the, the rash of injuries, we've always had at least one of Gasol and Ibaka. There was never a time or a period of time where we're missing both of them like we do, like we are now. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of like for the first time, you know, kind of finding out what this team looks like without our two centers. Right. And uh, so, like I said, again, it's really, it's really hard to judge. I mean, we can talk about those, that um, the Bucks game and the Hornets game and, and the, the Nuggets game, especially just like there's, you know, people get upset again, people, you know, get too high and too low with the, every, right. every win and loss, but like, like what are you supposed to do with, with, with Jokic? Like when you're, when you, when like, when you have Rondé Hollis Jefferson on him, like, like you can't really like I don't think I'm like yeah it's not really fun to watch and I don't like that they lose like I said at the beginning I, I also get kind of high and low in every loss but not the same way that where I'm gonna like you know the sky is falling kind of way right. so like I think when th- this three game losing streak it didn't really bother me because I know like you can't really judge until they have their whole lineup together mm-hmm. and, and same thing going forward yeah and, and that's just it like we have to Raptors fans just it's patience like 
preaching patience and 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 you think that you wouldn't really have to say that at this point but you know you see some of the things online it's like okay well do i have to really say this like they're not healthy (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's not healthy yeah and the the 500 thing i keep thing i see the most anything comes on podcast fans and twitter it's like they're they have a losing record against 500 team right yeah how many of those like how many of those games do they have even even half their lineup (laughs) not many (laughs) yeah against like celtics earlier in the season the heat uh bucks earlier in the season there's all these games that they're losing the the playoff teams to 500 teams that they don't have their lineup in so like yeah that's fine. I, I'd rather, you know what? I, I'd rather give them that false sense of hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and give them that confidence, and then the Raptors come in with a fully healthy lineup and smack the shit out of all those teams. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like... <laughs> and then make their way to the finals, which I think with a healthy roster they can do. I, I think that, that obviously the toughest matchup would be against the Bucks, but I still feel with a healthy lineup, they could push that series to seven and win. Um, it'd be tougher on the road, but... Um, I still like I I believe fully in this team. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah. <sighs> Anyways, the um, what I really wanted to see, and when I was talking about the bio market, I was like, look, we the Raptors could use a guy like Bismack Biombo, yeah. right? Yeah, like a, a guy that could come in and grab some timely rebounds and maybe spot minutes in the playoffs just if, if, if you want to go big or if you're getting bullied on the glass, whatever. It doesn't I don't want to yeah. be a main guy. I just want Yeah, if that you guy. face like seventy six or something, you need like Yeah. Line up. Or if you want to plug him in potentially against the Bucks, like for a few minutes, whatever. Raptors could really use Bismack Biombo right now. <laughs> they, could, yeah. they could really it's... use a Bismack Biombo, which is unfortunate, but um the the bio the bio market deadline happened March first, so any player yeah technically you could still be bought out but you wouldn't be playoff eligible so there's never really any buyouts that occur i saw a, yeah i saw a story that he didn't want to be bought out i don't know i, I didn't get to see if it was, I was busy today but like i saw it come across my phone that it was like it said something like why bismack didn't want to be bought out so maybe he had an option and then he passed oh, up i don't know maybe i that, yeah. i don't i don't particularly know the the details of his contract or if he if there were any options or or, or if a buyout would have negated right like I think it was his last season yeah that's that's what I thought but I didn't know if there was an option on top of that um but anyways yeah. uh Bismack look like always welcome back to Toronto if, you, if you're entering uh, the off season and we lose one of Gasol and Ibaka and you want to come back on like a very 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 small deal. <laughs> as, as, as I would a third string center, yeah. No. Yeah, depending exactly. On, like, if, but depending, on, yeah. If Gasol, probably not gonna have Gasol and Ibaka coming back next year. So yeah, and that's just <laughs> it. Like if if both if both come back, I, I, sorry, Bismack, I probably yeah. don't need. To. <laughs> but but if if we got um if if one of the two come back and we need just we're, like we're looking for a, for a backup center or something like that, like on a minimum, which we're gonna probably want to keep costs low going into next year. Uh, Bismack might be a guy that might just come back on this like minimum deal or like a smaller deal and um, come back to Toronto and, and he'll be beloved here and really won't be able to do much wrong. So it would yeah, be a good fit. Um, but I still, yeah, I still, the those two wins against the Cavs in 2016 where he was, he was just like getting every rebound and like every put back. It was just and defending, he was defending James, LeBron James. That, that yeah. series got him the bag. <laughs> they got 
secured him the bag in that series and obviously completely overpaid and, and respect his decision though. Like, look, you get yours, yeah, my man. Course. I'll, I'll never, I'll never say anything bad about someone. You get the bag. Like if someone's going to offer you that money, like take it, you, you take it. Um, Same but, with Van Vliet. We don't have to go into this, but like, yeah, yeah. Van Vliet gets like, if it's like within 1 million or something, he's obviously going to stay. But like, mm-hmm. if there's like a big difference, like 5 million, he's going to, He's probably gonna take the bag, and I and I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, I think I think that the Raptors and I'll, I'll we'll talk quickly on this. Um, yeah. I think I think that fair value, and I've I've heard different numbers from everybody, but for me personally, I think that fair value is four eighty, uh, four years, eighty million. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is earning yeah. roughly about that, and I think that that's a very good uh, yeah. comparable, right? So if yeah. if for example, this is how I always view contracts. It's if you were to bring something to an arbitrator and you were to say, hey, we're in a contract dispute, give us a number, and they unbiasedly give you a number, I think for, for Fred Van Vliet, it would be close to 480, whether it's 480, 485, 475, yeah. whatever. It's it's in that range. I've seen people say like 4100. And for me, I think that that mm. might be an yeah. option for Detroit. Like Detroit yeah. might throw them a 4100. At that point, I would actually just be more comfortable with, with walking away. I don't think that Fred Van Vliet at this point deserves $25 million a year. Um, but if he wants to take that, look, man, good for you. You got your bag. You were undrafted. Like, go get yours. Like, we'll still respect you. But um, I wouldn't feel comfortable with the Raptors giving him 4 100 I think a 485 would be, like, the max I would extend to. Um, I just don't know if I'd go any more than, than that. I just I don't think that the market would dictate that for him either. Yeah, well, no, I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And look, like that's that's free agency. People, there, there, it only takes one team to be like, we're going all in on this guy. We'll pull the trigger. Yeah. We'll overpay. We don't care. And I don't know if Fred Van Vliet is really the guy to overpay for, especially in that range, right? I just think that you see what Malcolm Brogdon got signed for, and I think that a 480 is is a fair value for both for both players, right? I just think that's uh, for both sides. I think that's I think it's fair. So. Um, talking about point guards, talking about guards, um, I'm going to move, I'm going to move off of Fred Van Vliet and, oh, wait, before we, before we leave the, the injury yeah. thing, did you see that there's Instagram story? I don't know if it's still up there. But you know how they do like that, that pregame routine, like before they go on the floor, yep. the Raptors. So it was just like everyone went on the floor. It was just Siakam and Laurie, Laurie left over. And then Siakam's like, where everybody at? Mark, Serge, Freddy, uh-huh. anybody? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, I I like I like that he's showing props and dabs to to his fallen comrades. I get that. Like, um, the um the injury bug has has taken a toll, and look, it's been that next man up mentality, as as the team has said. Um, and with with the next man up, we've got to see the depth of this team, yeah. and we've got to witness some players playing and performances that maybe have left us a little bit skeptical as Raptors fans and arguably the most talked about topic in Raptors land as of late or as of most of the season actually has been Patrick McCaw. Patrick Theodore McCaw. Three-time three-time champion (laughs) Patrick McCaw. Now um, I feel like the fan base I, I think I think here's here's how I've viewed it just from interactions. I think that most of the fans um, 
are kind of fed up with uh, the amount of minutes and the amount of exposure that Patrick McCaws had on this team. Now, granted, we've just talked about this segment. Injuries on this team have, have really played a part in the amount of minutes being distributed to guys that may not necessarily deserve those amount of minutes. And I'm not just talking about McCall. I'm talking about others. Um, McCall last night, uh, he played a lot of minutes. <laughs> he, like, like I said, he was one of those dudes last night um, to be up in the minutes uh, column. He was up at 34 minutes last night in the starting rotation. Um, I've, I've been pretty vocal on social media. I've been pretty vocal on Twitter and podcasts in saying that if you were to assemble a healthy playoff team, McCaw gets zero minutes. Um, now I understand that <laughs> you believe or, or, or that, or that you are more on the side of believing that McCaw is um, actually a, a decent rotational player to this team. Um, yeah. Last night, last yeah. night played well for him. Last night played well for him to, to a certain extent. There was some, like yeah, that's good and there's some moments where i'm like that's not good um i'll let you sort of take the floor on this one and just give your perspective on the macaw situation um i'll let you have free reign on whatever you want to talk about macaw but just to give your perspective on this whole situation with patrick mccall I'll, I'll leave that for you well first of all like i i, I barely even noticed him on the floor it's like Ter- he's like terrence ross to me i, I used mm. to call terrence ross the ghost because he could be on the floor for about 12 straight minutes he wouldn't even know <laughs> that's bad. absolute, no absolute. yeah and i think i only noticed mccaw at the end of the game when because he was in the finishing he was kind of at the end of the game lineup there and i saw right. booker was just kind of taking him dribbling just past him like he was nothing so i think that was the first time i noticed him in the game <laughs> but <laughs> oh, there you go. I, it was, if you take a step back I, I understand why he plays i understand what i don't i don't agree with it i'm, I'm on your side i'm most fan side i don't agree he should be getting all these minutes right but i i know why it is he for some reason nurse trusts him uh on on defense and uh, like i i mean i don't i i see it sometimes but like i mean i don't i don't think he's uh he may be i'd say he's like an average defender at best right uh, i've seen some like breakdowns like uh defensive breakdowns and like i can see once you slow it down and kind of focus more on it, I can really see what he does. And he does have he does have some intelligence in terms of what you know, kind of his coverages and stuff. But overall, um, not a good player. And okay. he, and when he's on the floor, usually, uh, you know, he, it's he's not shooting. So like he's one guy that the the offense or sorry the defense of the other team doesn't have to worry about. Right. So they so if he's playing with you know, if he's playing with a Siakam, they can just like sag off of him and go over. Oh, let's go double Siakam because we don't have mm-hmm. to cover this guy. Um, and as as for your thinking that he's going to get zero minutes in playoffs, I mean, based on what we've seen, how we've seen Nurse use him, right? I think he's going to be the eighth guy. Yeah. In the playoff rotation. Yeah. And and I think I, th- I think I think that's where I because because you you said he's going to be a rotation guy, and I think that yeah, I just sort sure. of pin that on like oh like do you like you think he is you're just like or yeah. that you support him being that you just think that he's going to be oh that, i don't that. yeah i don't think he yeah. should be <laughs> right based on, okay. yeah. yeah based yeah. on based on how he's been used by nurse the entire right. season right like if everyone say the roster is fully healthy i know it's hard to imagine so they're in, they're in the playoffs <laughs> what, is, what does that look like again right <laughs> i have no idea 
I sometimes forget we have these players on our team. Oh my god! Uh, so like, the first guy off the bench, um, is going to be. Uh, so we'll we'll set we'll set the we'll set the starting five, and I think that that would be it would be oh, yeah. Lowry, um, Freddie if healthy, right? Uh, OG Pascal, and then your five and six would be Gasol and Ibaka, right? Yeah. Um, let's let's agree that your that your seventh man is Norman Powell. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think Powell should start, but that's a whole different conversation. Right. Well, if you, well however, <laughs> sort of however yeah. you want. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think it'll be Van Vliet. If we're just going from like nurse's perspective, nurse, it's going to be Van Vliet. So there's start. your top seven. Yeah. Right. So Powell, Let's say yeah. you need, you're, you're going to, your playoff rotation is, is typically eight, maybe nine. Like the ninth yeah. guy is getting like Jody Meek spot minutes. Yeah. Like one minute so everyone can complain on Twitter. Yeah, the end of the first quarter, yeah, <laughs> one minute, Jody Meeks c- comes in and Raptors Twitter explodes. But, um, okay, so your eighth guy, like for me, as a fan, and, and I think, I, judging from what I've heard, I think you'd agree with this, it's, it's, for me, it's Terrence Davis. Yes. And you think, it's, you think. For me too, yeah. Not, not believing in this, but you think that Nurse will put McCall over Davis. Yes. So, a backup it would be seventh, sixth or seventh, whatever. Right. You can look, those guys are interchangeable. But the eighth guy, I think, is going to be. Oh, fuck! I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope Davis. I think Davis is going to get the Meeks minutes. <laughs> oh my god! I just I, like I I get it. I get why you say it, and obviously, seeing how it played out last night, I mean, McCaw had what was what i say 34 minutes terrence davis had seven yeah i mean davis um, was having a, a bad game yes but i mean yeah he, but the, the rope he gets is a string and like the ropes yeah i oh, sorry the rope that mccaw gets is like the longest like the rope goes around the earth yeah <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah so, um absolutely I, I don't and someone was kind of going back and forth with me on it and they were agreeing but we were talking about it and i said look like the disparity between the two players is astronomical, right? Like I love, like I'm going to preface this. I love Nick nurse. I think the, I think the yeah, guy is, yeah. is brilliant. I think that the way that he does certain janky plays like the box and one and certain offensive styles and schemes and, and in-game adjustments, especially the in-game adjustments has gotten better as he's been a head coach. But there's always like I, I and I think with with most coaches there's always like one thing yeah. that fans sort of say man like it, it's it's a, it's this like sticking point and for most of the Raptors fan base I think it's been Patrick McCaw um, even after last night's game Nick Nurse was vocal and saying look McCaw only had five points but I think he played a great game yeah I heard that <laughs> he was he's saying to defend like he said yeah maybe he didn't do well offensively but he's his defend his defending was good, but <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand it. Like I don't I actually I physically don't understand it. So I thought that you know what? Like my eye test is failing me. It must be like there must be some statistical factor that he's seeing on Patrick McCaw that I'm not. Okay. I so I go I go to the stats at basketballreference.com is is the site that I use for um, statistical uh, breakdowns and when you look at things like offensive rating and defensive rating which i've brought up on certain podcasts uh 
I think, and on Twitter I have as well. That is that's tricky because there's no true formula yet to have the same offensive rating and defensive rating across different platforms. So um, you have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. So right. we'll preface by that. However, Patrick McCaw, if you look at the offensive rating, defensive rating, the net rating between them is negative, meaning that he has a lower offensive rating, a.k.a. offensive output, than defensive rating, a.k.a. how many points he's allowing. So his offensive rating is 107. His defensive rating is 108. And his defensive rating is the second highest on the team. The only one that's the only one that's worse than him is Matt Thomas. His net rating is the is negative. He is the only person on the Raptors with a negative net rating. That's not surprising. <laughs> it's, it's not surprising at all. Yeah. His his stats are are not good. His per thirty six, which is like you use that per per thirty six minutes for like bench guys or whatever. You use that to say, oh well, if this if this player played more minutes, this is how effective he would be. It's still awful. Like his offensive output and I get offense is not in his game, but it's, it's horrendous. And his defensive minutes, I just don't see it. Like if you look at defensive ratings and, and other defensive stats to align with Patrick McCaw, it's, it's very hard to make an argument that he is even a moderately adequate defender. Like he's not, I, I don't think McCaw is a good defender. I think that he has length. I will give him that. I think that he has moments in which he's disruptive, but there are certain moments in like last night in the fourth quarter, he got blown by, by Ricky Rubio, like no, like, like zero, zero effort to, oh, to yeah. even put it on, on the defensive end. <laughs> I did an all-caps tweet that yeah, you can't guard Ricky Rubio. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you can't, like if, if you're not keeping Ricky Rubio in front of you, man, like you're, you're not doing something right. So it's just, it's frustrating. I, I don't you, fully get it. I think I don't, it's the ceiling floor thing, you know, the, yeah, the, the ceiling for him is obviously lower than Davis. Right. But the, the floor is higher than Davis. Like Davis has more of a range, like where he could really be. Right. Holy crap. Like he was last night. He was right. He had a couple of air balls, I think. And he just, I don't know. He, he wasn't doing well. So he, he, you know, he pulled him from the game and then, uh, you know, McCaw is more in the middle where he's just, just, I mean, he's still bad, but like, he's not, I don't think he's, I don't know. I, I, it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> like I can hear it. It's frustrating, right? It's, it's it's those damn photos he has, you know. Oh my god, he photos got he has something. Nick Nurse. You got to break into McCaw's place into his like safe. Yeah. Just like behind the painting or something. I'm do I'm doing it for I'm doing it for all of Raptors uh, for all of the Raptors yeah. fans out there and for the entire fan base and for the organization. I will personally take the bullet if I get caught. I don't care. I'm going down with this ship. I'm destroying the evidence. Nick Nurse can be free of this garbage that he has to play Patrick McCall. I don't know if this guy's got like his family kidnapped or something. Like I really don't know what's going on with it, but it's just it, logically like there's not even like the eye test and the statistical um, side of, of, of an argument, like both sort of worlds usually clash at one another it's, or they're married or they're, or they're like, they're either clashing or they're married or whatever. There is, they are married at both of the fact that McCaw is garbage. Like, McCaw is not good. Like, they, they both agree to that. I don't understand where this obsession is coming from. Again, uh, I don't, I don't want to get too much more into this because I think yeah. that we've, we've both said what we need to say. Um, yeah. But 
man, Nick, come on, again, man. Like again, I'm on your side. I just don't. I just yeah. You know, from from Nurse's perspective, for right. whatever he sees, he's gonna he's gonna be a rotation player in the playoffs. Yeah. Let me <laughs> let me clarify because I I so I had, I had read it when you had initially sent me the message. I had read it that you believed that he was like good enough to be a rotation guy. So that's where I had sort of it was okay. it was on me where I misread <laughs> that, but. You would I, I kind of went back and you're like he's going to be a rotation guy but you didn't believe that so I will I will paraphrase I, I will rephrase and say Ryan is on the side of the majority which is off of Macaw Island thank goodness that's a lonely place you'll probably contract the coronavirus there so you don't you don't want to be on that island I'll tell you that um, it's it's that's not it's not a place that you want to be especially now and there's Raptors fans are getting a little bit frustrated and irritated with the amount of time and the amount of preferential treatment that McCaw is getting. But yeah. um, I'm going to move on from McCaw. I think that, that we've, we've sort of beaten a dead horse with that, and that's sort of done with. But I want to move on to something a little bit more positive. And let's, I want to ask you, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's change the tone a little bit in here. Um, I want to ask you what you think has been more impressive as of late. So we'll get a little bit more of that positive vibe. Um, Two things have really stood out to me positively for this team, and I actually don't fully know the answer, and I'm really curious to see what you say. Um, I don't know what's been more impressive. Um, the play of OG Ananobi since the All-Star break, which we've talked about a little bit before, how he's just become a really good key piece of this team, or how Norman Powell has been able to essentially pick up right where he left off after injury. It's it's incredible what this guy's been able to do this year, and you almost expect this little bit of a drop off coming back from injury and then he gets his game rhythm back and, and getting up to game speed. But this dude has just picked it up right away. So um, I want to ask you what you think has been more impressive because I'm, I'm honestly torn. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was like when I when you told me about this, uh, I was yeah, I wasn't sure either. I was kind of yeah. torn too. Yeah. And uh, initially I thought maybe it's OG just because like we were talking before, just kind of when he puts his whole game together, like he had that, what was that? The career high game, which game it wasn't, it wasn't yesterday. It was, a um, no, he had, uh, he had, uh, 32 points. Yeah. Uh, seven steals, uh, seven rebounds, I think. Was that, Se- Denver? Yes. No, was... that was against Denver. Yeah. yeah. So he had 32 points, seven steals, seven boards, uh, well, shot yeah. 50% from three and 75% from the field. So yeah, when he, he puts it all together, it's just like, it's amazing. But, like you said, I think I'm leaning towards Powell. Like you said, the the fact that he keeps getting injured and then picking it up again, like like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And like this year, he's actually finishing his drives. Where in past years, he's always been kind of out of control. Right. And like, um, I think there have been like I think Adam Corsair mentioned that the there's a drinking game involved. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah there were there was, were a lot of hammered Raptors fans. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now we can maybe only take one shot at a game because he's he's finishing those drives and he's, he also has like a, a complete game where he's, I guess his three point shot is improved. His, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, his defense has always, I think it's always been pretty much the same, but like yes. say a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this year has been his most consistent year so far. Like we are, we're always, like you say, we're always waiting for that kind of that other shoe to drop. It's like, okay, he's, he's on his little streak now, but he's, he's going to go back to normal yeah. Powell. Yeah. And like, maybe that's happened just, for a couple of games, but really he's been the whole season in between all these injuries. Uh, he's been uh, good. And we, we've been like when he was out for the second injury, we really, we really missed him. Like, Cause yeah. he's like, 
He's also one of the few guys who I think has a mid-range game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's almost big, lost there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and look, I, I think I, I, I was pretty vocal on this um, after the Bucks game. And I, yeah, I like, sent out this tweet and I said, if if Norman Powell was in that Bucks game, I think that they win that game. I don't know if they'd win it, but I think it would have been well a lot closer. Like, like it, yeah. it, it would have been it would have been a coin flip. And yeah, you can you can argue that they wouldn't win it. I, I don't know if I could definitively say that. I just was throwing it out there to say they could realistically have won that game if Norman Powell was in. Um, not so if much it was of the playoffs. A, only if it was the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, only if it's the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how much of a positive impact he's been on this team this year. And going into the season, fans were saying, "Oh man, we have that we have that fucking Norman Powell contract on our books. Yeah, let's trade him." Let's trade like this guy yeah. is like we gotta we gotta clear this space like he's gotta go. Now fans are like he's only ten million bucks. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, there we go. That's what a contract. Masai Ujiri, you genius, right? Like that's it's it's a complete flip. Um, and Norm I think is was one of the massive beneficiaries of having Kawhi Leonard on this team. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if you necessarily like agree with that or disagree with that. I personally think that he's benefited. The most, I, I I think OG has benefited a ton as well. You mean like uh, pers- like like learning from him or I think or like so. Yeah, on the I'm, court I'm, I'm talking. Stuff. I'm, yeah, talking, I'm talking court. more like yeah, I'm talking more like like learning from um. I think um, the whole team did. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the mentality yeah. seeped in. Um, yeah. but I see, and again, I'm not gonna say, um, that Norman Powell is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, I have seen a few different things from Norman Powell that remind me a little bit and, and, and have these like little flashes of like, that's Kawhi Leonard esque in terms of how he does certain things. Now I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be Kawhi Leonard or that he is Kawhi Leonard. I'm just saying certain things remind me of it. And that's sort of where I, where I get into it. Um, uh, if I, if I'm going to answer my own question, yeah, like I, I threw it out there and I was like, I don't know how I was going to answer this because I honestly don't even know the answer. Um, I'm not going to take anything away from OG. Uh, I think that I called for him to be a little bit more consistent, uh, especially coming after the all-star break. I said, look, man, just put it, put the consistency together and, and you're and good things are going to happen. I think that that break really helped them. I think that you almost see almost like a refocused OG Ananobi. And uh, while the defensive game has always been there and he's Seven been steals. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. It's always been there. Seven and play- he's, yeah, so talk about Leonard. That's that, that's Leonard-esque. <laughs> yes, and and he's always had like when Kawhi Leonard came to this team, I said initially, I said that the biggest beneficiary is going to be OG Ananobi, and I still think it is in terms of the play style and how OG was even projected as a draft pick and and as a prospect to say this guy, if he puts it together, his ceiling could be relatively around that Kawhi Leonard before Kawhi Leonard even exploded for that second MVP, second files MVP, all that stuff. Um, OG has put together a very impressive run after the All-Star break on both ends of the floor. He's been a great two-way player. And the while the offensive input, uh, offensive output has really increased, he still kept that defensive mentality. And that's very hard to see because sometimes guys really focus in on the offensive end and then they lack a little bit more on the defensive end, but he's been able to maintain both and it's been unbelievable to see. However, I am going to side with you on this. Um, I'm going to go with Norm just because of the fact that you talked about it uh, already, the consistency of it. 
coming back from injury and picking up right where he left off is, is incredibly difficult to do, especially in such a fast-paced NBA environment in a high-tempo game. Um, threes are going, you know, fast-paced breaks, uh, getting back on the defensive end or, or leaking out on the offensive end, uh, the way he's been able to finish around the rim. It's just all, all these things that he's been able to put together this yeah. year and then keep it going after he's been injured, to me, is is incredibly impressive and really a good testament to say you can trust going into the season. We didn't really know if we could trust Norman Powell throughout the year. Like if Norman Powell's not in this lineup, that's that's a very tough blow. You you trust Norman Powell with everything that you have now. And um, it's been a great story, I think, for uh, for the Raptors to see Norman Powell uh, be where he is. I think he's been the most improved player on this team. Um, so for that, well, but in Van Vliet's been, you know, obviously every the whole team has been riddled with injuries. But I think early in the yeah. season, Van Vliet was kind of the most improved guy. He's, I agree. He's, yeah. Yeah. But I think I, it, would, it could be could very well be Powell now. Yeah, I, we had I had this I had this uh, conversation with someone. I actually think again I'm plugging Adam. You're gonna love me. I think it was the South of the Six podcast. Um, and I I talked about or maybe it might have been my I don't know I can't remember. Um, I talked about who I thought was the most improved player, and um, Adam had said to me that that he thought it was Norman Powell, um, and I said that I was gonna say Norman as well, but um, I have to give credit to Fred Van Vliet. And those were the, those are the two that I sort of put in that tier of, of most improved. Um, the consistency that we're seeing from Fred Van Vliet again, it's that, it's that keyword is just consistency. Right. And you see that night in and night out. And that makes you think and believe in, in those type of players, especially come playoff time that they'll be able to maintain that level of play, uh, when you need it the most. So, um, that's a tough question. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I might throw that out online and just sort of see where, uh, where people stand on that, because I do think yeah. it is very interesting and I could see a complete 50, 50 divide on it. Um, but you never know. Like I, I, the, the fact of the matter is those are two very good situations for the Raptors. Yeah. Those are two yeah. great, those are two great predicaments. Uh, nothing wrong if you pick either or. And um, honestly, if you're a fan and you see somebody talking about that and you disagree with them, don't be mad. It's just like, it's just perception. And, and it's great to have these sort of debates where as opposed to who's been worse this season. Right. Well, and and yeah. as, as a lottery team and you just want to rip apart everybody. So, uh, you know, getting back to like the OG yep. kind of trading, wanting yeah. everyone kind of wanting him to get traded for, yep. you know, you're saying you're thinking about buying a ticket, getting on the train, of the Maybe. trading yeah. OG. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like going crazy. seeing these tweets. Like, like I still can't figure out how they how they won that that 76er series without him. Like, can, can you imagine yeah. if we had OG in that 76er series? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, that and and that's just it. the loss of OG and Anobi in, in the playoffs last year was a lot more I think than people realize. Even though we won the title, um, he's that yeah. he's another big body and just somebody that can honestly defend one through five like we've talked about already, right? Yeah, and he's he's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy in Giannis. Like you, you want, yeah. everyone's like talking about trading him. Like you want to trade this guy if we face the Bucks, no. you're gonna be missing him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just, it's he's he's going to have relatively similar effect to what Kawhi Leonard did with um, Giannis when he put when Nick Nurse made that adjustment for Game Three onwards. Right, yeah. it's it's going to be the same thing. Um, As yeah, you'll be the primary defender with everyone else kind of. Yeah, and, and Pascal like Pascal may switch off on 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 Giannis and. 
you might even have the odd like if a, if a bad switch happens Kyle Lowry on on Giannis but even look like Kyle Lowry's a bulldog man that's what Giannis even said like just massive bulldog um gritty under the basket and you can't like it's hard to post up Kyle Lowry I don't care what size you are I think Jokic like, tried and he, he like poked the ball away yeah <laughs> he's crafty like he's he's seven, strong one, he's, whatever he's two wherever Jokic is <laughs> yeah yeah like seven one seven two just a big beast like Kyle Lowry is is stout he is strong and he is crafty and it's hard to post up dudes they they see Kyle Lowry they lick their chops like yeah. oh I'm going right at this guy but it's it's hard even even Fred has shown a little bit like he's not as strong or stout as Kyle Lowry right. but he's still shown a bit of that craftiness of like look man you're gonna try me I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try you like I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to get whatever I can on this and um yeah talk about everyone learning from uh, Leonard yeah how about uh Van Vliet learning from from Lowry yes <laughs> and the, the the similarities in the game have really started to show themselves over especially this past year um but what a perfect situation for Fred Van Vliet to walk into with Kyle Lowry and um I did hear a clip recently about Kyle Lowry talking about Fred Van Vliet and he goes look when my time is up when when my time is no longer to be on the Raptors or in the NBA or whatever he goes I want to make sure I've given my all to Fred Van Vliet so he can be that next guy right and you hear that and it's like that's unbelievable man like this guy is so selfless like Kyle Lowry is just the a true the true leader on this team and um I can't I can't say enough about him I can't praise him enough and casuals yeah, may yeah. not agree but the game he had yesterday after getting poked in, he was playing with one eye <laughs> <laughs> that dude that dude had the uh like like one of those uh cyborg eyes like the red eyes and he's just like yeah. looking through that and he's the guy is a legit bulldog and, and doesn't take off like there's not a single minute where he's slacking on the floor. It's the same effort and, and level throughout the entire game. Uh, I couldn't be more proud to call Kyle Lowry a Toronto Raptor. I'm, I'm really happy. He's still here. Um, even though we pay him 30 million, it's, it's worth it. I don't care. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, 100%. okay. So I, I think, look, I, I, we got, we got three games that are slated, uh, to be coming up and i just kind of want to get your predictions on it before we wrap up um we got a game thursday which is tomorrow when we're recording so uh thursday against the warriors in golden state and then we got a back-to-back we got sunday in sacramento against the kings and monday in utah against the jazz um they just announced that steph curry will be returning in tomorrow's game against the raptors um yeah that was just that was just announced like like 50 circuit on his calendar, was it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he, a little bit. He probably he probably was yeah. waiting off. And um, look, it makes for great TV. I think that it's a nationally televised game as well. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it may or may not be. But it makes I, sense. It's a, it's a Thursday. It's the uh, the you know the finals team. Two, yeah, two, it's the finals three, rematch. But, yeah, yeah, Maybe and not, uh, not fully, but like <laughs> on it's paper. funny how yeah, it's funny how that team loses two players and then like the whole team falls apart. They crumble. Will the, will the Raptors miss like the whole team? They still win, but yeah, whatever. It's the it's the foundation, <laughs> baby. I'm telling you, it's yeah. just it's the next man up, right? Um, the depth of the Raptors was questioned at the beginning of the year, and and now it's like we got amazing depth. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's yeah. completely changed. The narrative has changed, um, which is quite incredible to see, actually. But, well, especially um, when yeah, especially when your coach is like on national television going, oh yeah, I don't trust my bet. I don't trust. Yeah. I don't trust the. Uh, Running Hills Jefferson and, uh, and Stanley uh, Johnson. Stanley Johnson. Yeah, I don't yeah. trust these guys. They don't know. They don't have the defensive mentality that I'm looking. That I want. And like, oh god, what does that yeah. mean? <laughs> he's like, he's like, he basically called them bums. 
Yeah. And he's like, I don't know why my front office brought these dudes here. And you're like, what the but fuck is going on? It works every time. Every time he calls someone out, like apparently I didn't hear it, but he called the bench out yesterday yep, and the before. And then and then Boucher, which we didn't talk about, he stepped up. Yeah. <laughs> we got quick quick props to Chris Boucher on last night's yeah. game. Um, I I want to say that he had. I'm going to pull up the stats quick. He had 19 points, uh, 15 rebounds, um, shot two of five from three, five of 12 from the field, which is still the mediocre efficiency. But seven of eight from the line. So he was getting to the line. He was getting rebounds. He was being 14, a force. Yeah. yeah. So high, 14 rebounds. Yeah. So good for him. Um. And that, yeah. that there's that block that led to the OG alley oop to Siakam. Yes, <laughs> that whole that whole play was um, on highlight highlight real play. Like you're yeah. going to see that on the Sports Center and all that stuff. So, um, look, I mean, again, great win for the Raptors against uh, Phoenix. That was the second game of a five game road trip. Mm-hmm. These next three games that we have uh, previewed for you are the last three in this five game road trip. Um, what do you what do you think about uh, each game? We'll start Thursday at the Warriors. What do you think is going to happen or tomorrow? I guess at the Warriors. People keep saying like, oh, they're they're returning to where they were. No, they, no, this is a different arena. <laughs> different, <laughs> different arena. But uh, the Raptors, the Raptors yeah. shut down Oracle. Like, yeah. let's let's make that clear. That is Demolish. the end of the But they're still they're still going to win. Yeah. Doesn't matter I where agree. they are. Oakland, San Francisco, the Moon. They're still going to be the Warriors. Yeah, the uh, even even with Steph Curry back, I'm still confident. Uh, First in, game in back, the Raptors. Yeah, he's gonna be rested, you assume, and unless his name's Norman Powell. Yeah, then you just <laughs> pick up where he left off after like five months or whatever it's been. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I, I still think that's gonna be a, a dub. Uh, I'm not really too worried. Warriors are one of the worst teams statistically in the league. Uh, it's unbelievable oh, the fall yeah. from Greece, but um, they'll be they a scary have, team. Uh, yeah. They've, they've um maple old maple jordan there who, who loves he loves yeah. playing. he always gets up for the raptors he gets up for like two games a year oh my god he loves against, it against the Cavs and against the raptors <laughs> yeah he loves it uh andrew wiggins andrew yeah. wiggins is gonna uh andrew wiggins is gonna have a good game uh andrew wiggins and steph curry are mainly the only two real threats um with this team's defense i feel like they'll be neutralized to some point and you rely on the rest of the team to make buckets i just don't think that they're going to um they have their again, own pascal or something something yeah. pascal or pascal i don't know oh, eric eric i, I can never <laughs> i can never pronounce I, I don't know if it's pascal like like a like a sh, like in it or like or pascal I, I don't know how it's pronounced i don't watch warriors broadcast i don't know what they say but he's been he's been a pleasant surprise second round draft pick um has done quite well yeah he was close with uh there's oh, there's there's a player in the league now who's i think it might be debuck or uh, someone along the lines of that maybe D'Angelo Russell, one of those players that he's actually close to, and um, they motivated him to uh, keep grinding and, and and believe in himself. Good, a good story for the Warriors. They do they do find a good job. They they do a good job in finding these second round draft picks or these players. So I will give them kudos to that. I sort still of. think that they're yeah. sort of sort well, of yeah. I mean, if if they did, they would be good right now yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's true like they, that's true. they they have their stars they built around their stars as they should yeah but then like they they didn't kind of find those gems that the new jury always finds to kind of around the edges of the non-draftees and the second yeah, rounder not everyone can be new jury <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so always, yeah so uh, we'll take we'll take a we'll take a dub against uh the warriors um sunday night against the kings in sacramento um i got them taking a dub what about you yep 
Yeah, I think that's Definitely. pretty simple. I just yeah. I don't think I don't think that they're Sacramento's kind of vying for that eight seed. They're they're trying to get in there. They're like ninth, tenth right now. I just don't I still don't see it happening. Um, and then yeah. the yeah. second yeah second game of back to back Monday night mm. in Utah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? The end of a West road trip in the yeah. elevated. Uh, Stadium. Um, yep. That's a loss. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Uh, looking at it unbiasedly, I just don't think that the Raptors are gonna win that game. Um, again, the fifth game of a five-game Western road trip. Like uh, like Ryan alluded to, yeah. a little bit of an elevated um, uh, area. Uh, it's it's on not, back-to-back. Yeah, but the second game of back-to-back, yeah. especially if the injuries are still oh, yeah. persistent. No centers. No centers. Uh, Rudy Gobert is going to have a field day. Um, 30 rebounds. <laughs> he's probably. Like, he's going to go Bismack Biombo on this team. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I think Rudy Gobert presents brutal matchup against the Raptors if we still have a Baka and Gasol out for that point. Second game of back to back, like I said, their boys are going to be tired, especially if they're being asked to play 35 minutes a game. Uh, I don't see them coming out with that. So. We have them going two and one over the next three. Uh, I think that's pretty fair, and that would leave them with three and two on the road trip for an injury-riddled team. You take that on a West Coast road trip. I don't care who the opponents are. Um, that's still pretty good. So Raptors fans, don't be too upset if yeah, that is the will. outcome. <laughs> when they lose to the Jazz, yeah. like, oh God, we're we're done. Season's if they over. lose against the Jazz, just take a breath and remember who you're playing against and the matchups that you that you have on this team. Like that's that's tough for a team that's that tough. doesn't have a center. <laughs> eighty-two practices. It's Leonard yeah. said it last year. This is eighty-two practices. They're they're all practice games until until it matters. The playoffs are the real games. So exactly. um all right, look, that I think that about that about does it for the Raptors talk. Uh, we got into a lot of uh, different topics and I think that there were a lot of good takeaways from them. Um I want to thank you for coming on, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to leave the floor here for you to promote um, anything that you that you want, uh, whether it's social media, anything that, you, that you're doing with Lee Sports. Uh, I'll leave you with the floor. That's all yours for right now. Sure. Um, my Twitter handle is at Ryan Grossman. Uh, so it's R-Y-A-N-G-R-O-S-M-A-N, one S in Grossman. Um, website is Sports. L-A-C-E-D sports.ca uh, I just put up a delayed, I guess, um, All-Star game, story about the All-Star game, about the the Elam ending and the, the, yeah. the changes and uh, I was a complete um, Debbie Downer, wet blanket. I said it's everyone's, <laughs> well, everyone's like like enjoying the how great it was. I kind of pissed all over and said they're not, no, it was good. I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was I enjoyed it. I just don't think it's going to Right, uh, the, the uh, intensity and the the level of play it's not gonna persist. So that was that the story is about, and it's on my my website right now. Um, I I did take a read of that. It was it was okay. actually a very good read. Um, so yeah, I, I did I did take a read. I'm gonna leave the link to that story uh, as well as the link to Ryan's social medias uh, on the description of this podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know how to get there, don't worry, just scroll the description. I got you. I'm covered. sure everyone's saying that right now. Yeah, that's it. That, <laughs> like, like, we need Who's more Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But um, you know, if if you want to take a take, if you want to give him a follow, if you want to take a read, um, all that's going to be accessible to you in the description. 
uh ryan again i just want to thank you very much for coming on that was a lot of fun uh and honestly i i, I think that uh we'll be doing this again soon when the raptors are in the championship let's go <laughs> looking forward to it Thanks for listening. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TO underscore sports views. You can also listen to our previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the content and click that subscribe button. See you next time.